This morning, let's just be thankful for just everything God has done for us. Sing this with me.
sing this morning.
In Psalms 100, the psalmist said, Let the whole earth shout triumphantly to God. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. His people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, and his faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. In a few moments, we are going to uh, take communion together. We invite everyone who has accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior to join us in that. But as we do, let's come to the Lord today with a thankful and grateful heart. We have so much today to be thankful and grateful for. First thing that comes to my mind that we're grateful for is the very life that he gives us. The breath that is in our lungs today where we can come and we can worship together. But more than that, I am so grateful that he gave his one and only son to die for me and to die for you. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us that his body that was broken so that our broken relationship could be restored with God our Father forever. And his blood that was shed to cover our sins so that our sins would be forgiven forever and forever. We do have so much to be thankful for today. So I pray that our hearts would be thankful as we come to this time. And in a moment as the elements are passed, I would encourage you as you hold them in your hand for a few moments. Let that be a reminder of everything that God has done for us. And as you take them, I need to remind you that there's double cups. Grab both cups. The bread is in the bottom. The juice is in the top. Let's pray together as we prepare our hearts for this time of communion. Father, I thank you today for all that you have done for us. God, the many blessings that you continue to pour out. And sometimes it's so easy for us to get caught up in the negative things that we see around us, the negative things in life. that sometimes we forget who you are. We forget that you are a God that is on the throne. You are a God that is in complete control, that nothing catches you by surprise, and a God that just continues to bless, a God that continues to take care of us, so God, I pray right now that we would be reminded of who you are. We would be reminded of all that you have done for us. God, we thank you today for loving us. We thank you for giving us your son to die for us when we did not deserve it. And we thank you that his death, burial, and resurrection allows us life today. So God, I pray that right now, in this moment, we would just be reminded of who you are. In Christ's name I pray, amen.
that welcomes me the kindness of mercy then bought with blood wholeheartedly my soul undeserving God you're so so good God you're so good you're so good to me behold the cross age to age and our sinner saved the work of your power God you're so good oh God you're so bought for me both now and forever God you're so
Christians on the night that he was betrayed, that he took the bread, and after he had blessed it, he broke it, and he said, this is my body that is broken for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And in like manner, he took the cup and he said, this is the new covenant, my blood that is poured out for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Let's stand together as we continue to worship this morning.
Yeah, Mona Marufo is coming today, and I've known Mona since, I was thinking back, probably 1995, about waiting uh, at a restaurant, and uh, always a smile, always a great attitude. She called a while back and um, said that she wanted to be baptized, and so I'm excited to be, here, this is your job, I'm sorry, sorry, <laughs> that um, I'm excited to be a part of that, and uh, Mona, I'll ask you, as we ask all of our candidates, have you placed your faith in Christ? And are you choosing today to follow him as a disciple? Okay, because of your public profession of faith in him and obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in his death. Raised to walk with him in a new life. All right. Well, if you'll open your Bibles to Psalm 103, I'm going to pull an audible this morning. I intended on continuing in the the book of 1 John. I fully intended on that until about yesterday at 3 p.m. And God said no. And, And I like it when he does that. Really, I'm saying sarcastically because it limits the amount of time that I get to study and prepare. Um, but yesterday, I felt clearly that the Lord was leading me away from First John for now. Um, and the reason is because we're getting close to the Thanksgiving season, the Thanksgiving, literally on Thursday, um, that I thought, you know, what better time to remind us of the need to be a grateful people, especially in the year 2020. Amen. So I don't know if you're like me, I struggle sometimes to be positive, to be optimistic. I struggle even sometimes to be thankful. I'm wired just like everybody else, but we tend to focus on things that are going on in our life. And things are great. A lot of great things are going on in my life personally, but sometimes I tend to focus on the wrong things. Sometimes I tend to look at the glasses half empty instead of half full. Sometimes I walk around with a frown on my face and I'm just kind of discouraged and other times I'm really optimistic and I know that God is good and he's worthy of my praise and I'm just a thankful person. And I wrestle with that and and maybe you're the same way, but let let me just throw this one caveat out there this year. How many of you can just say 2020? I'm so done with 2020, aren't you? I mean, I went into 2020 with high expectations. You talk about a a huge letdown. And here's just a few things that we know that have taken place this year in 2020. It started in January with Kobe Bryant and a helicopter crash. And a lot of people, huge basketball fans, are like, this is terrible, a a tragic loss. A lot of musicians, a lot of actors that have passed on. And so, you know, we had that. We had that every year. But we had the the great fires down under in Australia, you know, where they're worried about the roos and the the koalas and all that. And, and, And we were worried about all those brush fires. They were everywhere. We've seen swarms of locusts. They were talking about billions of locusts just all over the land in certain areas on the globe. I'm thankful that didn't happen in West Texas. And how many of you heard of or were worried just a little bit about the, the killer hornets that were supposed to be coming our way? I'm glad we missed that one. But just a few of the things that took place in 2020. Floods, we have those a lot, earthquakes, Here's one for the USA, social unrest. It kicked off with this man named George Floyd, and then that kind of spurred on a few protests that turned into riots, that turned into looting, that turned into full-blown anarchy, and I'm up to here done with that this year in 2020. We've seen the impeachment and acquittal of a sitting president this year in 2020. Well, that was a circus, wasn't it? 
And then we got we to gotta talk about this thing called the coronavirus, COVID-19. You know, in January the 20th, I believe it was, we had the first case of coronavirus in the USA in Washington State. And it's just been a, a hayride since then, right? I mean, it's just been crazy, everything going on uh, around us. Churches closing down. I mean, we've never closed church down except for maybe an ice storm for your safety, you know, heavy snow. But to shut the church down for eight weeks straight for living water was torture for me. For the staff, we're like, what do we do? That's all we know is to get together and to worship God and to celebrate who we are in him and to sing and to greet each other. And I missed that. Did you? Transitioning to online church, preaching in front of a camera. I mean, a lot of churches went online for the first time ever because of COVID virus. And then there's this toilet paper issue. Come on, people. Do we really need that much of it? In fact, we'll probably have toilet paper 10 years from now. Over the last run, we had Walmart or Sam's, you know, when we all freaked out the first time. But I'm just telling you, 2020 is easy if you focus on all of those. And that's just the sample of what we've experienced. If you focus on those things, it's easy to kind of get an attitude of ingratitude, isn't it? It's easy to kind of look at the glass half empty it's hard to not focus on what's going on around us, and, and maybe you feel the same way. And listen, this is not even speaking of what you personally experienced this year. We've all had loved ones that have passed on or good friends, close ones that have been affected heavily by COVID, coronavirus, some um, mild symptoms, some heavy symptoms, some hospitalizations, and we've just experienced a lot of things. And yet in the midst of all of this, in the midst of all the crazy, all the chaos, all the coronavirus, we are commanded in Scripture to be a thankful people. How are we doing? Scripture says, give thanks unto the Lord. Another one says, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises to your name, almost High. Another one says, to be thankful in all circumstances, to be a thankful people, for this is God's will for you, we are to be a grateful people. The reality is sometimes the focus gets off and we get those things out of whack. That's why I felt led to remind us today on the, the eve of Thanksgiving to just be a thankful people and to give thanks because we have so much to be thankful for. A few of you recognize that. Hopefully by the time we get through today, a few more of you will recognize that we have so much to be thankful for. Amen, Shane. That's good stuff. Keep on going, right? I mean, that's just what I'm going to start doing. I'm talking to myself. So, I'm grateful that we have God's Word because God's Word gives us a lot of examples of people that have gone through some terrible things. I mean, we've experienced some hard things, but some that have experienced even worse things, and yet they model for us um, how to be a grateful people. Um, it brings clarity, it brings perspective and hope into our own personal lives. Um, when we take God and when we look at these examples and when we apply God's word into our lives, it brings focus. How many know we need to have focus? In fact, at the beginning of 2020, I had a series. It was cool. I'm probably the only one on the planet that thought of this, but I was going to do a series, a vision series called, guess what? 2020 vision. Cool, right? Everybody thought of the same thing, right? So I think I changed it at the last minute. Like, that's too corny. Everybody's doing that. Can't do that. But we need a focus. We need to adjust the focus. And as human beings that are surrounded by chaos and trouble 
and hardships, we need to remind ourselves, some of us need to talk to ourselves today and remind ourselves to be a thankful people because there's one that sits on the throne that is worthy of all of our praise, all of our honor, all of our worship. No matter what goes on around us, he is sovereign, he's in control, and he's worthy. Amen? So, David, um, the king, King David, shepherd boy David, wrote Psalm 103. It's what many people believe that it was his. And he is um, attributed, I guess, over half of all of the Psalms are written by David. And it's in Psalm 103 that um, he gives us what I think is a great example for us today, uh, maybe to, to look at and what we should focus on um, as you get ready to celebrate the Thanksgiving season. And might I say that it's not just Thursday, but as Christians, it should be every day of the year to have this attitude of thanksgiving, attitude of gratitude. But in Psalm 103, we see David lay this out. And, and I'll say at the beginning that verses 1 and 2 and verses 20, I think it's 20 and 21 or 20 and 22, 20 through 22, are like bookends in this psalm. And both of these bookends are like an invitation to praise or to bless the Lord. Now, the first bookend is a personal invitation. David's saying to himself, hey, self, bless the Lord. In fact, some of your versions will say, um, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. My translation says it this way, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget, may I never forget the good things he does for me. So he, he starts with a personal invitation to himself to bless the Lord. Now, to bless simply means to speak words of excellence about. I mean, it's more than just saying, hey, bless you, God. But it's to speak words of excellence and praise about a one who is worthy of praise and excellence. Amen? And so David starts there, but he starts with himself first. Notice the, the language, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. David's speaking to himself. Some of us need to speak to ourselves. I know it's weird and people look at you like you're crazy, but some of us need to have a talk with ourselves. And it might look like something like this. Self, what's your problem? I mean, look at you. You've got a great life, and God's done some wonderful things for you. And you need to step up your praise a little bit. You need to step up your blessing God a little bit because he's worthy regardless of what you go through. So, self, let's get it together. Anybody need to have that conversation with self today? David starts with himself, and he says, Bless the Lord, oh my soul. All that is in me, bless his holy name. Not just a part of me, but everything I am, bless his name. And at the end, he again comes to this invitation of praise and he speaks on a more universal level all of the creation. The point is, everything that God has created should be returning praise, blessings to the one who created them. And all God's people said, all right, so what is in between these two bookends? <clears throat> this is the focus of what I want to look at today. So the first would be like putting on a pair of glasses. This is getting our, our focus right, right? So it's like things are blurry right now. I'm looking at you. Actually, some of you look better uh, with my glasses off. But, I mean, in order to see clearly, I need to put something on to correct my vision. And that's kind of what David's doing in verses 1 and 2. And he's like, I need to speak to myself and get my perspective right. Bless 
the Lord, all my soul. May I never forget the good things that he's done for me. Now, the first, there's, there's actually six of them in the next uh, three verses, verses three, four, and five. Um, listen to what he says, and, and look at, consider who he's talking about. These are personal blessings. David is speaking of himself. May I never forget the good things that he's done for me. And then he starts listing the things personally that God has done for him. He says, he forgives all of my sins. This is David speaking, and David is the one that committed adultery with Bathsheba. He's the one that had Uriah the Hittite, her husband killed to cover up the affair. I mean, this is David who was in need of forgiveness, and he says of God, may I never forget all the good things he does for me. He forgives me. Aren't you glad that he forgives us this morning? He forgives all my sins, not just some of my sins, but all of my sins, number two, and he heals all my diseases. Or all my sickness. David is saying, God has healed me of of sickness. He's healed me of diseases. And I can say of us, many of us on a personal level, can say, you know what? God has healed me a few times in my life of some sicknesses. God has healed me in in my life sometimes of just some things that were beyond my control. Accidents. I'm looking at Barry at the back. Amen. I'm glad you're here today. God is good, right? And David is simply saying, God, you, you heal me from my sickness Now, I've spoken with a lot of people in our community, and there's a lot of people that have already walked through COVID, corona. And as I said earlier, some had mild symptoms, some had big symptoms, some were even hospitalized. But all the ones that I know personally and spoken with have recovered, and they could simply say, God, you heal me of all my sicknesses, right? So the the focus is on personal blessings. He goes on, he says, he crowns me, or excuse me, he redeems me from Death. He rescues me. He saves me from death. Have you ever had a near-death experience? I, I can go back in my life personally and think of a few times when I probably should not be here. I probably should have been dead three or four times. I mean, we won't even go into my driving record, but I mean, that's just one of them. But as a cable guy, I've stared down the barrel of a gun that was right at my forehead. Um, over cable, I'm like, dude, you can have every channel we got, bro. Just let me live, right? But I remember looking down the barrel of a gun. I remember falling down telephone poles. And there's a few times I saw my short life flash before my eyes. And I believe that God had a hand on me. And I believe that he delivered me and rescued me a few times from death. And maybe some of you can say the same thing. Those are personal blessings from God. He crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. Can you say that this morning of your own life? God fills our lives with good things. He, he fills my life with good things. He says, my youth is renewed like the eagles, like that renewed strength. Have you ever just felt like you couldn't go any longer? And God just gives you the energy to continue on, to keep on keeping on. He renews our strength. These are all personal blessings from God. In fact, if you're writing notes, this ought to be a good list to start with. Because if you're having a hard time finding things to be grateful for, that's a great list to start with. Amen? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've placed your faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ, I can say this to you. He's forgiven all of your sins. That number one on my list, God, I'm thankful for you forgiving all my sins. That's good stuff right there. We can almost stop right there, right? But his blessings go on and on and on. And so he transitions from this personal blessings to more of a, uh, the church as a whole. These blessings that are bestowed upon those who place their faith, who fear the Lord, who follow his commands. He goes on and says, the Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He, he revealed his character to Moses. 
that is who he is, and his deeds, that is what he does, he revealed that to the people of Israel. And can I just tell you, church, that he still does that through his word? If you want to get to know who God is, he he reveals himself in his word. How cool is that? That he loves us enough that he gave us his word to let us know he reveals his character to us as well, and his deeds to us through his word. He's still doing that. That's a blessing. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. How many of you are grateful for the mercy of God? You know what mercy is, right? It's not giving you what you do deserve. Because if you considered what we deserve, we deserve death and eternal separation from God. But he's merciful. And through the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have been made righteous by his blood. That's good news, right? Are you grateful for the mercy of God? It says he's slow to get angry. I'm working on that one still. I mean, I used to have a really short fuse, and it's getting longer. The the older I get, the more I walk with Christ. But I just love this idea of the Lord having a long fuse. He's slow to get angry, and he's filled with unfailing. Say unfailing. Because, see, we have love, but it's usually failing. I mean, when you let me down, my love for you failed. His is unfailing love. He's filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all of our sins. There's another one right on your list. That's a good one, right? He doesn't punish us for all of our sins. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him, those who fear him, his love is unfailing toward them, is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. And I love verse 12. Not only does he not punish us for our sins, verse 10, verse 12 says, he has removed our sins as far as, from us as the east is from the west. Now, I don't know if you struggle like I do, but I remember pretty much all the dumb things that I did in my past. And I wrestle sometimes with condemnation. I wrestle sometimes with those thoughts, and I start feeling guilty again. And I start wondering, you know, if I remember it, God, you, you, you're omniscient, you know all things. Do, do, you, do you remember it? And it's comforting to me to know that those sins that have been confessed to him as far as the east is from the west, so far as he thrown them from himself. That's good news, church. For those who fear him, for those who trust him, as far as the east is from the west. Verse 13, the Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. And I love this part. He knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. He knows He's the one that made us out of the dust. And he remembers our frame. He knows that we are but dust, right? He knows our our weakness, and he loves us anyway. Can you see some big blessings in that? The church as a whole, there's these personal blessings, this, this church as a whole, these corporate blessings, if you will. And then verse 15, he switches gears, and it's something I think that we need to focus on as well, and that is our own weakness. How many of you can admit today that, you know what, I don't have everything figured out? I don't always, like Paul said, I don't always do the things that I should do, and I don't always don't do the things that I shouldn't do, you know? Who shall save me from this wretched man that I am? Thanks be to God through Christ Jesus our Lord. The reality is, is we're all weak individuals, and it's important for us to recognize our own weakness and dependence upon him. Can I just tell you, David mentioned it earlier, but every one of us should be thankful to God this morning that he put breath in our lungs, 
When we woke up and opened our eyes, it's like that rooster on one of those, those movies we watch. is like, I can't believe it. The sun came up again. Woo! That should be our lives. i got breath in my lungs. That is a gift from God. I depend upon him for the very breath in my lungs. Amen? And so... We need to recognize that we are weak and that we depend on him. There's a danger. There is a danger of ingratitude or thanklessness. There's a danger in that. Because, see, if we don't have gratitude, if we don't recognize the good things that God does for us, what it does is we can become arrogant and we can become self-centered. Like, it's all about me or I don't need anybody's help. I am who I am because I did all that I did and yay me, right? And if we're not a grateful people, we could easily become an arrogant people and a self-centered people, and that is a, a danger. We can also become a bitter people. And so it is important for us to be people who are grateful and have an attitude of, great, of gratitude, especially in a year like 2020. He says, we're like the wildflowers. We bloom and we die. The wind blows and we are gone as though we've never been here. He's talking about the vulnerability of life. How many know life is a vapor? Here one moment, gone the next. I mean, there's some of you that I'm looking at right now that may not be here a week from now or a year from now. I mean, we just realize that life is fragile. And the the, the sooner we recognize that and recognize our dependence upon him, I think that the sooner our focus begins to shift and change and we say, God, you are so good. You're so good to me. It says, verse 17, but the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him, those who place their faith in him, those who honor him, those who have this reverent respect and fear for him. He says, the love of the Lord remains forever. His salvation extends to the children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant. From there he, excuse me, um, and, and those who obey his commandments we depend on him and we submit to his authority in our lives and we're faithful to his covenant we obey his commandment that displays a dependence upon him you know why because his ways are not our ways sometimes we think we got things figured out but when we submit and obey to him obey his commandments it shows dependence upon him he's the one in control not me are you following me so you get these personal blessings that I think each one of us could sit down and write a list. In fact, I usually quote the song like this time every year. But the old hymn, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. Here's what happens when you start to log or count your blessings. Because you see, the things that are going on around you, that's the easy stuff because we're moved by what we see. We're moved by what we experience. And it just comes at you like from a, a fire hydrant. But when you start to write things down, you start to recognize that things aren't so bad after all. You start to realize God is so good. And every one of us have something personal that we can say, God, I thank you personally. May I never forget the personal benefits that you've bestowed upon me. In addition to that, the, the benefits that you bestow upon all of your people. God, you're so amazing. And then he, he shifts his focus from the personal blessings to the, the corporate ones, if you will, to the, the, the focus of recognizing our, our weakness and our dependence upon him, he focuses in this one verse on the glory of God. Just amplifying how amazing, how awesome God is. Verse 19 says, the Lord has made the heavens his throne. What happens from a throne? Well, someone who rules sits on that throne, right? He finishes that. He says, the Lord has made the heavens 
his throne. From there, he rules over, say, everything. From there, he rules over everything. Can I just tell you, God is in control. Even when you may not feel like it, God is in control. Some of you need to hear that again. Ready? God's in control. I don't care what it is you're going through. I don't care what it is you're worried about or you're, you get this anxiety about. God's in control. He's sovereign. It doesn't catch him by surprise. He's not wringing his hands in heaven wondering what's going to happen next. He is sovereign. He is focusing on the glory of God, and we should as well. God is he's awesome. In fact, we used to sing another song, Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Awesome song, right? Thank you, Rich Mullins. As I said earlier, there's a bookends. You know, he, he kind of transitions back to this <clears throat> invitation to, to praise or to bless the Lord because the Lord is worthy of all praise and all blessing. Verse 20 says, Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Yes, Praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. Verse 22, praise the Lord, everything he has created. Guess what, church? That's you and me. We're a part of his creation, right? And he says, praise the Lord or bless the Lord, all that have been created. Everything that has created or he has created. Everything in all of his kingdom. And he finishes again by saying, let all that I am praise the Lord. So do you see this invitation to praising God. And it doesn't come naturally to us, again, because we, we experience life. But I'm convinced that if we really truly understood who God was and how powerful and, and, and sovereign he was and in control that he was, and if we took the time to just itemize or, or just list the many blessings that he has bestowed upon us, you know, the ones we take for granted as David said, I mean, the, the, the fact that we got here to church this morning is one reason to, to bless him uh, enough, right? The, the communion we just observed is a great reason to bless him because he made me right with himself through what Christ did on the cross. I mean, why aren't you smiling? What's wrong with you guys, right? I, I said that in fun, but the reality is it takes work to change your perspective, to change your thinking, right? David lays it out and Kind of like a crescendo, you know, you build and you build. He begins with himself. Self, what's wrong with you? Praise the Lord. Everything that's in you, you praise the Lord. And he builds and he talks about all the things that is worthy of praising God for, the blessings of God. And he finishes with this huge chorus and this huge crescendo of praising of the Lord. And he says, everything, everyone, everything that's created, bless the Lord. It's just it's like, he's worthy. He's worthy. Amen? So I wonder, what do you choose? Because it is a choice. Um, actually, I think it's in Psalm 34. Um, David also says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my lips. I will, bless, I will. say I will. So it's like, I don't feel like it. It's I will. It's an act of the, the will. And so it's a choice that we can make. And so my question is, what do you choose today? What do you choose to focus on today, this week? What's left of this year? How will you approach a new year? And what would happen if we shifted our focus onto God and what he's done in our lives and we followed these examples in Scripture personally? Would our homes be more peaceful? 
We need some peace in our homes today. Would our stress levels go down? Hey, guess what, guys? I just got to let you know, Christmas time is a very stressful time. Some of you are like, yeah, duh. Would our stress levels go down if we changed our focus? Would our attitudes change for the better? Would the smile return on our faces? Church, God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me and you as well. Amen? He's worthy of our thanksgiving. So be a thankful people. Um, I I was looking through some old uh, old presidential proclamations. And I found one from several years back. And I won't tell you the, the era because I just changed a couple of words in there. And I'm thinking, wow, it actually fits Today And so this is a presidential proclamation that I want to present to you um, at this time. It says, during these extraordinary times, we find particular assurance from our Thanksgiving tradition, which reminds us that we as a people and individually always have reason to hope and trust in God, despite great adversity. In 1621 in New England, the pilgrims gave thanks to God in whom they placed their hope even though a bitter winter had taken many of their brethren. In the winter of 1777, General George Washington and his army had just suffered great misfortune, stopped near Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, to give thanks to God, and there, in the throes of great difficulty, they found the hope they needed to persevere. That hope and freedom eventually inspired them to victory. In 1789, President Washington, recollecting the countless blessings for which our new nation should give thanks, declared the first national day of thanksgiving. And decades later, with the nation embroiled in a bloody civil war, President Abraham Lincoln revived what is now an annual tradition of issuing a presidential proclamation of thanksgiving. President Lincoln asked God to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. As we recover, here's where I changed it, from the pandemic of COVID-19, Americans of every belief and heritage give thanks to God for the many blessings we enjoy as a free, faithful, and fair-minded land. Let us particularly give thanks for the selfless sacrifices of those who responded in service to others during this pandemic, setting aside their own safety as they reach out to help their neighbors. Aren't you grateful for those on the front line today? Let us also give thanks for our leaders at every level who have planned and coordinated the myriad of responses needed to address this unprecedented national crisis. And let us give thanks for the millions of people of faith who have opened their hearts to those in need with love and prayer, bringing us a deeper unity and stronger resolve. In thankfulness and humility, we acknowledge, especially now, our dependence on one greater than ourselves. On this day of Thanksgiving, let our Thanksgiving be revealed in the compassionate support we render to our fellow citizens who are grieving unimaginable loss. And let us reach out with care to those in need of food, shelter, and words of hope. May Almighty God, who is our refuge and our strength in this time of trouble, watch over our homeland, protect us, and grant us patience, resolve, and wisdom in all that is to come. Could have been written yesterday. It was written 
After the tragedy of September the 11th and the following Thanksgiving, President George W. Bush, but how many know God is worthy of our thanks? Even in the middle of all this stuff. So here's my challenge to you. Maybe for you, you're like, man, I'm just struggling with this, and I can tell. These are old countenance changes, your attitude changes, you get around other people, and you just feel it, like, why? Nobody wants to hang out with you anymore because you're kind of got negative. Maybe there's a challenge here. You, you just say, all right, God, let me reflect on all the good things you've done for me. Start with Psalm 103 and just look at that. So this is a great place to start and make your own list. God, you are so good to me and you're so worthy of praise. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the example in Scripture today of Psalm 103. I thank you for just this glimpse of the heartfelt praise of King David. We know his story, and we know that he had plenty of reasons to, to not have that attitude of gratitude. But, Lord, I thank you for his um, example to us today. I pray that we also would see our place in history and we would recognize your benevolence to us. Lord, you have blessed us so much. And Lord, many of those blessings we take for granted and as we get together or however we're going to gather this Thursday and observe Thanksgiving, and we should do it every year, but as we get together for Thanksgiving this year, Lord, would our hearts be tuned in to you? Would we show up to the table with a heart of gratitude having already done our homework and having already done our list and saying, God, you're, you're so good to me. Let it change our, our connections with other people that we love. Let it be a reflection of, of who we are in you. Let it be a light to those that don't yet know you that they would see that we truly are a peculiar people. In our lives of gratitude, may it over, overflow and, and spill on others around us. Father, would you just be glorified in our lives as we try to give back to you the thanks that you deserve. Lord, and I don't think we'll ever completely fully understand all that you've done for us this side of glory. But one day we'll see. One day it'll all become very clear to us and then we won't be able to shut up. Lord, we will be um, praising you uh, throughout all eternity. Lord, would you help us to Get a jump start on that today by recognizing just how blessed we are, even in the midst of all the chaos, even in the midst of COVID-19, even in the midst of the uncertainty. Help us to raise our perspective, to put on our glasses, to change our, our focus and see you in it all. And you are worthy. God, we say thank you. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for these wonderful people. Thank you for this church. Thank you for your faithfulness in this church. Lord, this year, in a year of uncertainty, thank you for your provision and your faithfulness. I ask, Father, that as we leave this place today, we would leave with a little a spring in our step, a little smile on our face, and maybe a little hope in our hearts that uh, we would just trust you um, through it all, and no matter what we're facing, to know that we're not facing it alone, but that you're with us. And as that song said earlier, we fight our battles on our knees, knowing that the battle belongs to you. Father, we love you, we honor you, we ask that you be glorified in our lives, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.